we are going to continue to focus on the National Football League. And joining us now is a friend of the program and a man who studies a whole lot about a lot of different things when it comes to the National Football League. And he works for the leading website or organization when it comes to football and focusing on it. Pro football focuses. Lead and senior writer, Ben Lindsay. What's up, Ben? Not too much. Getting ready to watch some, some NFC South football tonight. Oh, yeah, that's right. We do have a little matchup going on between the Panthers and the Falcons. We are going to talk about that game as well. Excited about that. Whenever there's football on, it's it's always a good thing. And um, right off the bat, man, we've been talking a lot this week specifically about how bad the secondary has been for the New Orleans Saints. So we'll keep it in the NFC South, and I do want to talk a lot about the NFC South here. And um, a lot of people are telling me, that, you know, Malcolm Jenkins is really bad. And I've gone to, you know, Pro Football Focus, the premium membership, the whole thing I have that. I've been able to look at the stats. And, you know, they have not been good for Malcolm Jenkins. I will tell you tell you that, and I'm sure you don't need to know that. You know that. Only two games he's been pretty decent in this season, but everything else has been pretty bad. And a lot of people were telling me, hey, we shouldn't have resigned. We shouldn't have, we shouldn't have signed Malcolm uh, Jenkins. We should have kept Von Bell instead. And I looked at Von Bell's stats. I haven't watched much Von Bell this year, but I think it's kind of crazy for people to suggest that that they want Von Bell back because he's not a very good coverage safety, uh, even though Malcolm Jenkins hasn't played that way. Uh, just in general, talk to me a little bit about, you know, why that exactly that, 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 that Saints fans shouldn't want Von Bell back over Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Von Bell has graded a slightly better uh, than Malcolm Jenkins this year. They're, they've both been bad, uh, so, so that's close. But really what's carrying Von Bell is he's graded out pretty well in run defense. And that hasn't been the Saints' problem so far to start the year. They're second in yards allowed per run play behind only Tampa Bay so far this year. Um, the problem has really been in coverage. And as bad as Jenkins has been in coverage so far, he's still grading out better for us than Von Bell has in Cincinnati. Um, so it's it's sort of pick your poison there, I guess. Neither has been playing well. Um, but I don't think Bell would have significantly helped things there. What about the Saints secondary as a whole? It's just been, you know, it just seems like they're getting toasted left and right and center week in and week out. Like As you mentioned, they're good against the run. Their defensive line, now Cameron Jordan hasn't got as much pressure as, as he did last season when he had 15-plus sacks. Uh, but Marcus Davenport's you know, finally back, and he's finally getting healthy. Talk to me a little bit about this Saints secondary and where they just have so many problems that you guys have seen and, and why they're grading out so poorly because coming into the season, you know, for, for my money and, you know, Saints fans that I've talked to, it's, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of NFL people who I, I heard a lot of people picking the Saints to make it to the Super Bowl felt like they had a very deep, uh, deep and strong roster, but the secondary has just played so poorly this year. I was one of those people. I thought the Saints, you could argue they had the best roster in the NFL, and they're, how poor they've been on defense, uh, specifically in the secondary, has been surprising. I think it really starts with the guys who you thought were strengths coming into the year, like Marshawn Lattimore and Marcus Williams. Um, they haven't played up to the level we've seen in the past. Right now, Marshawn Lattimore, when quarterbacks target him, he's allowing a 155.9 pass rating. Um, which is just about as bad as it can be. 158.3 is the perfect passer rating. Um, so he struggled. Williams has already allowed more yards into his coverage this year than he did all of last season. Uh, and penalties have been big. Uh, the Saints have seven pass interference penalties of 20-plus yards, which is more than any other team in the NFL by a lot. 
Uh, no one else has more than three. Um, so I think those things sort of together has been where their problems have lied. Again, Ben Lindsay, our guest, talking uh, Saints and, and football in general. Uh, when it comes to the grading system, because uh, that was another conversation we had this week when talking about, you know, when I was comparing Jenkins and Von Pell and, and talking about how bad the Saints played in coverage against Teddy Bridgewater and the, and the Carolina Panthers last week. How do how do you guys at Pro Football Focus go about grading everybody out within their specific, you know, like I'm looking at Janoris Jenkins right now. You've got, you know, defense overall. You've got run defense. You've got tackling. You've got coverage. Um, how do you guys go about measuring and grading out everybody in those specific categories do you have to go back and watch every single play are there certain metrics that you guys use I don't know how deep you can get into it but I was just curious about how that grading system kind of comes out and how that works yeah it's basically just we have um, a couple guys for each game who go through and watch every player on every play um, and then they assign a grade to them from negative two to positive two um, that for that one play based on what their assignment is uh, and whether or not they performed above expectation, below expectation, a zero being basically that they just met expectation um, in 0.5 increments. And then uh, those get bucketed into run defense coverage, whatever they were doing on that play, uh, they get added up to the game. And then they we sort of normalize it uh, to that zero to 100 scale just so it's a little bit easier to digest. Uh, I think the thing our grading system – the, the way it differs uh, when you're just looking at stats is it adds a little bit more context. So say a cornerback is, is covering a guy, he beats him, uh, the wide receiver beats him. Quarterback puts it wide on, right on the wide receiver's hands, he drops it. Uh, that's not going to show up as a catch for that cornerback, but he's going to get downgraded just the same as if it was in the grading system. Interesting, interesting. I like that. Um, that's a very good way to do it. So you have guys, as you mentioned, go back and they watch every single play that that specific defender is involved in? Yeah, we have wow. a, a couple or an analyst who goes through on first run um, live uh, just on the broadcast, and then we have guys who go through with, with the All-22 um, and, and sort of review it and, and make sure those things are solid. So it goes through a couple of layers mm-hmm. before it gets to the final grades. Interesting, interesting. Again, Ben Lindsay, our guest here on, uh, on the Word with G from Pro Football Focus. Very cool. I like the uh, the insight there. Now, staying in the NFC South, um, well, before I get to Tampa Bay, because I want to get to Tampa Bay in a second, but we were talking about this a little bit earlier in terms of where the Saints might be able to improve. And we were talking about a couple of guys, you know, the trades, you know, throwing that around since the trade deadline's coming up next week. And, you know, there are a couple of guys that might help right away that are on the free agency pile right now uh, in Earl Thomas and maybe a guy like Eric Reed. Do you see that as a potential fix there for New Orleans if they wanted to go that route? But, you know, it kind of makes me a little bit leery, you know, in terms of Earl Thomas because he got released from from Baltimore because he's kind of been going a little bit crazy and then, you know, was supposed to sign in Houston, didn't sign in Houston. And then, you know, Dallas with all the, the needs that they have there in the secondary and, you know, they haven't even looked at him really and, and considered signing him. So do you, do you see that as a possibility or, or where is Earl Thomas at this point in your guys' mind? Yeah, I mean, if we're talking just like on the field talent, mm-hmm. uh, then I think Earl Thomas is is obviously he would help most teams. I still think he's one of the better free safeties in the NFL, um, a guy who can really make plays for you. And and even on Baltimore, they were using him closer to the line of scrimmage a little bit. Uh, so he has he adds that to his repertoire of things he can do. Um, 
so I think from a talent perspective, it, it would help the Saints if they brought him in. Obviously, you don't know the off-the-field stuff, how he fits into that locker room, um, those kind of things. Uh, but I, I do think he can help. Reed uh, is a little bit of a different story. Um, I, he was really bad in coverage last year with the Carolina Panthers, 36.1 coverage grade for us. Uh, so I don't know how much he, he adds if he's playing at that level. Um but it could be worth a shot trying to add someone into the box. All right, well, let me ask you this because, and I don't know if you can come up with the name off the top of your head. I didn't give you this question beforehand, so I don't, if, you, if you don't have the research in front of you, it's, it's all good. But if somebody comes, if just a name comes to your mind, just kind of popped into my head to ask you this, is there somebody out there in terms of a coverage safety that you think would be good that maybe the Saints should look at trying to acquire, trying to trade for off of a team that maybe – is out of it and might be, you know, willing to trade for a draft pick or two. Yeah, I mean, the one guy who you look to is is Marcus May on the Jets, potentially. Uh, He's someone the Jets might just be going fire sale at this point. Uh, Their season's over. May is going to need a new contract. Um, He's someone who's graded well for us when he was playing with Jamal Adams. Um, He he still played pretty well this year, despite how much of a dumpster fire the Jets have been. (laughs) Um, so I think he's, he's someone who could who could help the Saints if they wanted to go after that route. Ben Lindsay, I guess, uh, again, our guest hanging with us here on The Word with G, talking uh, football, National Football League from Pro Football Focus. Let's talk a little bit about the NFC South opponent here uh, in the Tampa Bay Bucks, and they acquire, speaking of a guy who you know, might not be mentally all that stable, that the last time that we saw him on the field, he wasn't mentally all that stable and uh, had some off-the-field issues as well, but is getting another opportunity and Antonio Brown with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What do you think he adds to that team over there in Tampa Bay? And I made the point last segment that it's it's a much needed add because I mean on the on paper people look at man they got Chris Ev- you know uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk, Scotty Miller. Do they really need Antonio Brown? But the fact is that a bunch of those guys are banged up and they're not playing in hundred percent. That's why I think bringing Antonio Brown from a pure football standpoint makes a lot of a lot of sense for a team who has clearly Super Bowl aspirations. I agree with that. I, I know Bruce Arians um, said he was an insurance policy, which kind of fits with those injuries. But a top five wide receiver in the NFL uh, is more than an insurance policy, and yeah. I, that's what Antonio Brown was the last time we saw him. And I have no reason to believe that's not what he's still going to be. Um, I think he's still in that conversation. He's going to to add a lot to that offense. And we saw last year in that one game with New England, uh, he he could still get the job done. He was targeted a lot by Tom Brady. Um, He had some success. So I think it helps their offense. It does give them some more depth if a guy like Chris Godwin, who we see is going to miss next week if he's out um, in any given game, or Mike Evans, they have another elite wide receiver to throw in there. And there's just it's going to be tough for defenses to hide if you have him, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk, who's starting to round in the form a little bit, all on the field at the same time. Uh, it, that's tough to contend with. 